is uh, um, can you all hear me okay? I see a little glitch on my end. Okay, so so I want to start by kind of following on on what uh, Kathleen was asking that um, in this uh, section nine or paragraph nine of this sutta, and the Buddha specifically said this that one can engage in sensual pleasures without sensual desires, without perceptions of sensual desires, without, without thoughts of sensual desires. That is impossible. This is kind of directly opposing to what uh, Arita was saying. So, so you can engage in sensual pleasures without any desires. That's not possible. And so, so this part um, that I'll be talking about is related to sensual pleasures, the danger of essential pleasures. I just say that uh, the Pali term, kama, uh, K-A-M-A, um, is the word that's used um, to refer to the pleasures that come from the senses. Um, so sex is one of them. And the five senses of um, eyes, ear, nose, tongue, tongue um, um, body. And so we all know this. Um, being human, we all experience uh, pleasures coming from the senses. You hear something soothing. You get a massage. You eat something yummy. You know, we all know this. So it's part of the human package, humanly package, and we experience pleasure and pain that comes from the senses. And yet um, in the Susutta, the Buddha had repeatedly said this, that the sensual pleasures provide little gratification, much suffering and despair, and that the danger in them is still more. And that can feel like a real donor, you know, who doesn't want just a little more comfort, <laughs> a little more ease, a little more convenience. And yet, um, as we kind of just take a pause and reflect upon this um, a little bit for ourselves, we can properly feel the truth of this statement, the danger in sensual pleasure. It's the pursuit of essential pleasure has no, no limit. It's endless. Some of the biggest uh, dukkhas in this world, biggest issues in this world, like climate change, environmental disasters, or even inequality, can probably be directly or indirectly traced back to the endless pursuits of essential pleasures. And yet it's very, very natural for human beings to pursue them. And I remember, you know, even just for babies, I remember when my son was born, how vividly I would notice that if we take um, the toys that he likes uh, away from his hand, his hand would just go, tiny little hand would just go and try to grasp on the, the toy that was taken away. And he would immediately get very unhappy. <laughs> so it's really, really deep force in us. And kind of come what this force is um, when we're even born. 
So you may ask then, you know, what's the problem here? Because it's coming with us. Um, and yet, when we begin to recognize um, there's a forces of a clinging that's deeply rooted in us, maybe we can begin to see even the small acts of pursuits for sensual pleasure, like lingering in the shower for just an extra minute or two, can have a big impact. Because you know what? If you do it, I'll do it, and someone else will do it. When the 8 billion people are doing it, this is a lot for the planet. And so the danger in this is pretty dramatic. And I often, I came from a, a country that has 1.4 billion people. So sometimes I reflect just a little bit of this cleaning happening in me. When this behavior is replicated by billions of the people, the impact on the world may be hard to imagine. You know, even with our humanly mind, it may be hard to imagine. And, um, and the one thing I would also point out, and that I think David also mentioned this earlier in his teaching, that it's helpful to differentiate on sensual pleasures versus the clinging to sensual pleasures and the clinging to the ideas and beliefs of sensual pleasures. And so sensual pleasures come and go. You know, we all have that. And what is, uh, what brings uh, the sense of a dukkha and discontentment and stress is the clinging to them. Most of the sensual pleasures are very fleeting. And the clinging can only happen to the ideas of sensual pleasure. We think that'll be something that we want to have, even though the experience may already faded. So it's helpful in our own practice to begin to differentiate the coming and going of uh, sensual pleasure and pain and the clinging to it. And notice what are we really clinging to if it's not the idea that we have in our mind. And so um, the other thing I would wanted to uh, point out is also that uh, is also that we cling to sensual pleasures when we don't know there are other options. And so the heart of the Buddhist teachings has to do with cultivating our mind and heart so that we can establish the sense of a well-being and peace and happiness that is not based on essential pursuits, the pursuit of essential pleasures. In fact, it's the very opposite. It's through quieting down the fire of a desire or stilling the agitations when the deep sense of a well-being can bubble up. And so with that, um, I'm going to share a screen just to show this as we contemplate this teaching. Um, 
What does it feel like to have um, burning sensual desire <laughs> in us? And the sutta had uh, uh, used very vivid similes, and there are 10 of them. And just uh, let me know if you're able to see this. Yeah, okay. So the sutta had a 10 different similes. Um, the simile of a skeleton and piece of meat and grass torch. I'm not going to read all of it. Um, but the, but the, um, the sutta repeatedly used the same language, and that is, the sensual pleasures provide little gratification, much suffering and despair that the danger in them is still more, or something like that. And so just imagine for yourself, as you kind of read this um, uh, similes, and I'm going to bring it uh, visually for you. And we don't have time to go through all of them, but I'm just going to go through a few of them. Uh, maybe to help you uh, see how you might be able to work with this similes. This is the first one. And this is the simile of a skeleton. The sensual pleasures have been compared to a skeleton by the blessed one. They provide much suffering and much uh, despair while the danger in them is great. And here, and the simile is talking about this picture may not work very well because the, the puppy doesn't look like a hungry puppy and a weary some puppy puppy. But yeah, maybe, maybe you have to imagine that. Here is a hungry dog and was thrown with a meatless bone. And he's still hungry, but keep chewing on this meatless bone and eventually it will get very wearisome. And so this is a one image that maybe you can construct in your mind is to see uh, there's a real sense of wariness uh, in this. And the second one, I, uh, I'm not seeing the whole uh, picture here, but I'm going to just see if I can do a... Uh... We're, we're seeing the whole picture though, Yang. Are you able to see the full? Okay. All right. Okay, so here is the voucher. A voucher is picking up a piece of a meat and then all the other hawks and the vouchers and who knows what uh, are coming to get this piece of meat. And in that pursuit, the Buddha said, if this voucher doesn't let go of this piece of a meat, wouldn't this be deadly for this voucher? So key word here is if the hawk does not let go of this. There is a grasping to this that is to be let go of. If not, this can be deadly. So another one, grass torch. This is a grass torch being blown on this person's face and arms. And, um, and again, the key word here is if the person doesn't quickly let go of that blazing grass torch. Wouldn't this cause harm to the person? I couldn't find this uh, a nice image for the pit of coals. <laughs> I thought I'll magnify the uh, danger of this, but this is a person being twisted and pulled over to a pit of burning coals. 
and um, there's much danger to this pit of coals. And, and so the sensual pleasure uh, is compare, uh, are compared to the uh, charcoal pit by the blessed one. And I'll share a couple that are kind of my favorite. And this is the simile of the dream. So this is the person dreamt about lovely parks and lovely groves and lovely meadows and lovely lakes. And on waking, he saw nothing of it. I sometimes kind of feel somehow in this pandemic, this form of a dreaming to go for a vacation and yet we couldn't quite go uh, with the desire <laughs> of wanting to just somehow get out of this and quite strong. And yet this desire um, brings much despair. The borrowed good. I put out the credit. <laughs> I think for some of us might be able to relate to this. Some of us might actually to taking it for granted because we're use, using credit cards so much. But here, and there's a sense of um, you may feel really good with the borrowed goods uh, for a while, but when it's taken away, lots of the distress. And so I'm going to kind of maybe just stop at this point um, Maybe finish with this last one. This the last simile is the simile of the snake's head. And the verses is that one who avoids sensual pleasures like a serpent's head with the foot, being mindful, overcomes this attachment to the world. I don't know how exactly I interpreted this simile, but maybe my sense is that and there's a danger in this snake's head biting us. But if we are stepping away mindfully and, and not to kind of being tempered by this danger, um, and that th- there is a possibility of finding deeper sense of a well-being. So maybe this offers some opportunity to practice with the similes. And with that, I'm going to pass it on to David for a guided meditation. Thank you, Yang.